Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. song done by Joe Wolf. That is the theme song for the cult classic that is so pertinent in today's crime exploding on the subways that is called The Warriors. And ladies and gentlemen, if you never saw The Warriors, you really need to go online and watch it from beginning to end. Because even if you're a hipster or a millennial or you're like Rich here at the board and like uh, Kevin Drosh, our weekend producer, and a person of no consequence who is our telephone talent coordinator, all of them hipsters and millennials, they have no idea how bad it was in the 70s and 80s and early 90s when you descended into the bowels of hell, Dante's Inferno. The subway system of New York, and you were taking your life into your hands because there were gangs, gangs, gangs everywhere. In fact, the reason that I'm so familiar with that is not only did I start the Guardian Angels to combat that. On February 13th of 1979, as a night manager of Mickey D's on East Fordham Road and Webster Avenue in the Bronx. But... When I began the first patrol on February 13th of 1979, it was just five days after the debut of Paramount's The Warriors. And I got to tell you, when we went into the subways wearing our red berets and looking like popping fresh Pillsbury doughboys with the Guardian Angel colors, people thought we were the Warriors. And they would say, come out and play, come out and play. They thought we were the Hells Angels, Charlie's Angels, but really, they thought we were a gang. There were so many gangs that were featured in the Warriors, and that's why you really have to watch it, because although we're not at that point yet, we're beginning to slide into the abyss. Uh, There are a series of crimes I'm going to go through that have taken place on the subways that are gang-related, very similar. They could be right out of the Warriors itself. And this song by Joe Walsh, Survival in the City, says it all, as that's what it's become. you got to understand that the plot of the Warriors was that a charismatic leader of a gang, the most powerful gang in all of New York City, they were called the Gramercy Riffs. Okay, I wouldn't have called them the Gramercy Riffs. That sounds very weak, but it was Cyrus. And he summoned all the gangs in the city to Van Cortland Park, last stop of the number one train. And as he ascended on a boulder and spoke to all of them, he said, look, simply, look at the analytics. There are three of us for every one cop. We can rule this city collectively. We can take over New York City, the subways, the parks, the streets, the schools, which is what is happening now. And then all of a sudden, out of the crowd of gangbangers, somebody points a gun, shoots him, executes him. They blame it on the Warriors, and they had to fight their way back 
against gangs that were similar to theirs that sort of look a little bit like the gangs that are emerging now and end up on the D train, the D train, which has been rated the worst train by people who actually ride the subways of all the bad subway trains in the vast subway system that has had an 80% increase in crime. And you don't see any cops. You don't see any police whatsoever. The police commissioner, Sewell, who's been missing in action, says there are cops in the subway. Where? Where, lady? And Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, says it's all perception. We're going to get into all that because they know nothing about nothing. And I blame all of you living in the city who elected Eric Adams because you said, oh, he was a police veteran. 22 years he had been a transit cop. He had always been a house mouse. You never listen to me. 22 years he was in the precinct, never made a collar, didn't know what it was like to have to go out and ride those mean, tough subways and tangle with the gangbangers. <laughs> now, you say, well, of course, Curtis, you, you ran against them. To you, it's personal. Hell yeah, it's personal. Because I look at my city, I ride the subways, walk the streets every day. And it's worse than it was under Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, who single-handedly destroyed this city that we love. And it's continuing to deteriorate. And believe it or not, Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, all he does is party all the time, party all the time, with felons, drug dealers, coke boys, thugs. He's doing nothing about it. Now, maybe, maybe he'll wake up. Because a man who double-crossed me, a man who wouldn't even give me the time of day during the mayoral campaign, my husband-in-law, former Governor David Patterson, as many of you know, uh, I did a radio show with David Patterson. Four years of my life I'll never get back at AM 970, the answer in the afternoons, at the Hotel Pennsylvania right in the window. It was the most miserable existence of the 33 years that I've been doing talk radio. But David Patterson was my partner in the afternoon. And one day, my wife at the time, Mary, walked in, and I said, David, my wife. I did it. Henny Youngman, take my wife, please. And he did, proving that love is blind. But he never gave me. Yeah, 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 Eric, you laugh at me. Yeah, you laugh at those crackers out there, those suckers. But anyway, Eric Adams Eric Adam knew he had David Patterson in the bag in his pocket. David Patterson was out there promoting him. Eric Adams for mayor. I've known him for so many years. Wouldn't even mention my name. And then this morning. After I had finished doing the uh, best of the other side of midnight, because that's what it is, as opposed to Frank Morano, the worst of the other side of midnight. You can hear Frank Monday through Fridays, 1 to 5. But on the weekends, it's always broadcasting, Curtis. Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings, 12 midnight to 6. So as I got off at 6, I was stung God. I laid my head on a pillow for like, what, two, two, two and a half, three hours? And then all of a sudden, who I hear... With John Katsimatidis, our owner and operator, great talk show host in his own right. His Sunday show, 8 to 10, is all newsmakers. It makes the news before he even finishes the interview. And that was the occasion this morning. As David Patterson, my husband-in-law, had an epiphany. All of a sudden, he said things that I haven't even said. Even in the late 80s and 90s, when the crime rate was killing 2,000 people uh, uh, a year, 
I never felt as unsafe as I do now just walking around. And God forbid, uh, sometimes we take the subway home from uh, WABC and uh, you're hearing about an assault on the subway almost every other day. Now, how do I know that? Because he goes home on the subway with my oldest son, Anthony. He is Anthony's stepfather. So Anthony is a guardian angel now. And he tells me, Dad, Dad, Governor Patterson and me, we were there. I thought all of a sudden we'd have to get into a fight. There are gangs on the subways now. Gangs. We'll get to that momentarily. So it's not just David Patterson hyping it, and you know damn well he's gone into hiding. The last time he said something adversarial towards Kathy Crimewave Holcomb, the governor now who wants to get elected, oh, my God, over my dead body. got to vote for Lee Zeldin if you want to battle crime because Kathy ain't doing it, and Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, you know damn well they're blowing up his cell phone right now. What the hell are you saying? It's a month to go to the election, November 10th. You're putting a shiv in our back. You're making crime the number one issue. And he said exactly that. He said he sensed a typhoon that was going to come and wipe out all the Democrats who were running either for re-election or election at state level, assembly, state senate, and, of course, right across the board, starting with Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb. That's why you got to come out and vote for the team of Congressman Lee Zeldin and his lieutenant governor candidate, former Deputy Inspector Esposito who last uh, busted his shoes at the 70th Precinct in Brooklyn for Tombstone. My God. (laughs) Where's he hiding? Did he go up to Lake George like the last time when he said what Abbott did was genius about shipping the illegal aliens up to New York City, catching uh, Eric Adams, the swagger man, and Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb off guard? He won't answer my phone. I was ready ready to praise him, guys. I would say, hey, now you're doing the right thing. He's in hiding. Because Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, who parties to like 3, 4 in the morning, most recently, right before he announced the emergency, we'll talk about that in the 4 o'clock hour, because of all the illegal aliens coming in. He was partying with French Montana, Coke Boy, right? He's got Coke records. That, that's his label, Coke. The guy used to bring it in by the kilos, probably still does. And when you're the swagger man with no plan and you say you like to sample the product, man, if you're a Coke dealer, you know right away, man, this guy probably wants to sample. And then he's hanging out with Ja Rule. Oh, my God. Till 4 o'clock in the morning. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to that. I digress. This is the new line of the Eric Adams administration. Not of what he says, but also his lapdogs at one police plaza, especially the guy in charge of patrol, this guy named Corey. I want you to hear Eric Adams first. It's all in your minds, ladies and gentlemen. It's just a perception, this subway crime. We have a safe subway system. Transit police officers, they have done their job. What we must do is remove the perception of fear. Cases like this aggravates the perception of fear. Uh, when you see homeless individuals with mental health issues not being attended to and given the proper services that add to the perception of fear. And so what our battle is in the subway system is fighting the perception of fear. Perception of fear, right? You got that. It's all in your mind, ladies and gentlemen. The 80% increase in crime in the subways. You never see cops in the subway. It is your perception. Well, what would he know? On those rare occasions, when he goes into the subway, he rolls strong. 
He's got 10 security officers armed with him, plus his brother Bernard, who was parking cars at Virginia Commonwealth University when all of a sudden Eric Adams said, oh, I need him to head my, my intel security squad because I don't want to be the victim of white supremacists. Let me tell you something. There's one thing I know about patrolling the subways for 44 years. There are no white supremacists in the subway. Sorry. Perception. Perception, ladies and gentlemen. And then his lapdog, Corey who should retire, he should he should impale himself with a pen. He's disgraced his uniform and all the men and women who serve in the NYPD. He adds on to it. You double disgraziata, Corey. So we do have an issue of perception that we're dealing with, and we have had some very horrific crimes committed in this city. What about then you the confidence of your men? I'm sorry, Chief, the confidence of your men and women, many who are not interested in, in staying with the force or retiring early. Uh, is that a problem? Are you worried about that? No, I think that's a misperception as well. That's a misperception. They got 34,000 cops, right? We know every day cops are retiring at the normal rate. There's early retirement. We see the posters. If you actually freaking ride the subways, Corey, which you don't, you would see all the posters that are up from police departments all over the United States, starting with Norfolk. Big posters saying, we will recruit you to come to Norfolk, the Tidewater Peninsula. We will pay you 57500 to start. We give you a $17,000 signing bonus. We'll pay for a house for you to live in the first year you're in our department. And there are promotional opportunities galore. Now, you imagine, the few cops who are in the subways never wear their hat, by the way. You can never see them because they never wear their freaking hats. You imagine, they're reading these posters because they're not doing anything about crime. They're out of here. And this guy says it's a misperception. And then, wait, then, then he comes at with a stat. Hey, Corey, again, take your pen and impale yourself on behalf of all law-abiding New Yorkers with the crap you're putting out there. Crime and transit was 8.6% lower this year than it was in 2019, a difference of 339 crimes. <laughs> and he says it with a straight face. Says with a straight face. Could I have a little? Um, I need my music. I need my music. Yes, yes. Little, uh, give me a little volume here, Rich. A little Joe Walsh theme song of the Warriors. Oh my God! <laughs> Can I go through the litany of crimes that you might easily, even you, Kevin? As oblivious as you are, as a hipster and millennial, as you go through channel after they haven't cut your cord yet. Hipsters and millennials, oh, cut the cord, cut the cord. No, you got to go online. You got to see the cult classic, The Warriors, and tell me that this uh, five-member unit of the Green Goblin subway crew couldn't have fit in The Warriors, right? The five big-butted black women from the Queens Bridge Projects. Largest Queensbridge project. It's the largest public housing project in the country. And you know who was born and raised in Queensbridge? The missing in action police commissioner, Sewell. She should know something about Queensbridge. She grew up there and became a cop. But there are others who became thugs. Lots of them. It's a blood project. Largest in the country. And so these thuggettes who have long records decided that they were going to become modern-day gangs in a new remake of the Warriors. So they're riding around on the N-Train. Now, anybody knows the N-Train, right? 
Where does he go? Ditmars, right? Last stop, all the white hipsters and millennials who follow AOC all out crazy. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the Democratic Socialists of America, the Justice Warriors, who say never call the cops. Never call 911. Never call a cop. So these two McWhitey-Whitey girls celebrating one's birthday, 19th birthday. No, we're not going to call the cops. And they look at this gang. Of these black marauders coming in, big buddy black women from the Queensbridge Project, Green Goblin Gang, they call themselves, dressed all in green. The girl said, I thought we were being attacked by aliens. That's what the girl said, and they beat the living daylights out of those white girls. They stomped them, they kicked them, they pulled their hair, they spit at them, they, st- they one of them sat on, sat on them like they were, she was Lizzo, Lizzo, whatever the hell. And then they just walked away. And everyone's looking at them like, yeah, this is normal nowadays. Yeah, you know, you got boy gangs, you got transgender gangs, you got girl gangs, you got all different kind of gangs. Remember? They could have been the Lizzie's and the Warriors, the lesbian gang. Remember? It's all coming back. It all goes full circle. Finally, they're caught. How could you not catch them, right? Even though their faces were covered. All you got to do is say, hey, you know these... uh, you know these sisters who walk around in green costumes and call themselves the Green Goblin Gang? Oh, yeah, Queensbridge Project. Which one? Uh, section 1 or Section 2? And they collar all of them. And, oh, they got rap records, 500 Scott tissue papers long. And the mother says one thing. You got to make an example of them, Eric Adams. Do your job. What happened in New York City that we all love? Start fixing it now. Right, Ditmarsh Boulevard, Astoria. Walk a few blocks away on your way to the Con Ed Big Bertha plant on the corner of 21st and 41st, where a crazed maniac stabbed over and over Allison Russo, the Lieutenant EMS woman who was buried. And what did her mother, her mother say? She got out of a wheelchair. She said, Eric Adams, you were a cop, right? You know what to do. Do your freaking job. What is he doing? He's doing Ugats. He's doing bupkis. That's just one of many. We're going to go through the litany of the gangs that are riding the subways. Where are the police? Been riding for days. Haven't come across any cops, and I wouldn't know because even if they were in the crowd, how do you know they know where their freaking hats? And now they're shorty shorts. You know, it's not like the big Irish guys used to be six foot eight, and you're AI playing center for Chaminade. Now it's like they're four foot eight. If they don't put their freaking hats on, how are you going to know they're cops? Because maybe they're hiding because they're not allowed to be cops anymore. They're not allowed to make arrests. They're not allowed to be preempted. When we come back, there's a group of rookies who did a good thing, and it's what they have to do every morning, noon, and night on the subways, 24-7, 365, exclusively here. With Curtis Lee, as I take you, should be to the break of dawn. It should be me, all me. Right? We should just do crime, 24-7, 365. Who knows it better than me? I know where all the bones are buried and who buried them. Check this out. 
No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. That's right, Rich. We set the vibe here on the Curtis Slewa Show. We keep raising the levels. We conflate the music into the subject. This is a great jam by D-Train. The D-Train, rated by the Strap Hangers. The worst subway line of the many bad, crime-ridden, filthy subway lines that the money-taking agency charges you for, right? And remember, who's in charge of the MTA, the money-taking agency? Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb. Remember that on November 10th? That's why you got to vote for Congressman Lee Zeldin. He's at least ridden the subways. L-I-R-R from Shirley Wright to Barclay Center, right there to Penn Station. He's gone through it. And his partner, Esposito, Deputy Inspector, she knows this. What the hell does Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb know? And who's her lieutenant governor candidate, Delgado? He doesn't even know if he's black or Hispanic. He goes from Beacon across the Hudson River upstate to Poughkeepsie. By the way, did he comment at all about those two guys, those homeless guys that were in the courtyard, Marriott, who all of a sudden killed that father who was visiting his son in school at Maris for family weekend what the hell were they doing in a courtyard marriott no answers from the mormons you know on marriott nope nope we're not saying nothing who paid you for them to be there was it the state was it dutchess county was it poughkeepsie everyone's taking the code of america you know they couldn't afford that room somebody was paying that rent and not only did they kill this guy they were smoking angel dust and they were making bombs. Want to bet we were paying for them to cop a squat there? Notice Code of Omerta. Hey, Bill Riley, you went to Maris. Bill, you got to really dig in on this. You got to listen to Bill Riley's song like three times a day. Proud Maris alumni. I'm going to call Bill Riley and say, we got to get down to the bottom of this. It's all over the state. Did you see up in Buffalo, right outside of Buffalo, Cheektawaga, a woman domestically abused, was wearing a bulletproof vest. And the guy came up, monster, who wasn't put in jail because of the no bail. Bang, 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 bang. Dead. Nothing. No responses from Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb. No responses from the Democrats. Too busy doing karaoke songs, you know, like uh, Mayor Lightweight, Lightfoot, uh, Crime Off the Hook in Chicago. This uh, Beetlejuice woman. It's doing TikTok videos of karaoke. Look at it. While her city is being taken over by the gangs. And Eric Adams, the swagger man, he's partying to the break of dawn with French Montana, a Coke boy. Ja Rule. <sighs> right, let me get back on track. So I was talking about the gangs that are now riding the trains on a regular basis. How do I know? Because I see them out there. Let me wake you all up. Because you're saying, well, okay, that's an exception to the rule. That's a perception, right? <laughs> what story did we break two Sundays ago right here at WABC? The video was embargoed. The MTA, the money-taking agency, didn't want you to see. The woman who was savagely beaten, mother of five, coming in each morning from Far Rockway. I need my music here, Rich. That's my stimulation. I know the other talk show hosts and hostesses, they just want to hear themselves talk. I need the music. Because, man, this is what 
gets you pumping and jumping in a city that's fallen into the abyss and might keep you from escaping to Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, Virginia, South Carolina, Texas, Tennessee, and parts unknown. In fact, there are some people would say, I'll move to Fort Myers now. I'll live underwater. I got a better chance of survival there than I do in the subway system of New York. And you know, the over under point spread is you're absolutely correct. But let's go to that woman. You saw the video. We broke it here on WABC because the MTA had embargoed it. And people looked at it and said, Curtis, this had to be staged. I've never seen such a violent attack of a woman before in my life. This guy hit this woman with a bottle who was going to work at JFK. That's the connection at the Howard Beach A train station to the buses that take you the train to the plane. Right, 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 right. He savagely stomped her. He beat her. He smashed her into the token booth. And then a guy came through and tried to stop him, distracted him. And then afterwards, he came back for more. And then all of a sudden, this woman, who will probably lose her eyes, afraid to go back to work, but she loves her work. This is what she said about that savage attack by an emotionally disturbed guy who had killed his grandmother before. And had stabbed his sister. Hey, you think he gave us some signs that he was an enemy of society? What more did he have to do? Do you know how scared I am now? I was never a person to be scared. I can't see anything on my right side, honestly. And it just hurts. It's an incident in the subway. What happened to all these police officers? They said they will have there to protect us, to be there. There's, like, nobody to be found. I, I don't understand. What are you talking about? I don't understand. Didn't the police commissioner Sewell said that she had flooded the subway with thousands and thousands of cops? Quote. We searched thousands of officers into the subway system since we started the transit safety plan. We need them on the platforms. We need them riding the trains. Hey, see, well, you don't even ride the trains. You won't even move into the city. Here's a police commissioner, right? She has to move, according to the contract, into the city. She lives in Nassau County. Refuses to move to the city. Why? It's too dangerous, even for the freaking police commissioner. They don't even permit her to meet with the chiefs and the deputy chiefs in the department. She has one meeting each week, Sunday mornings, with Phil Banks, the uh, unindicted co-conspirator who was guilty of police corruption, who should have been arrested and locked up, but he became a CI confidential informer, escaped it, and then Eric Adams decided, hey, you can run the department, and she'll be the placeholder. They meet on Sundays. Rich, I hope it's in church and not in a no-tell hotel Holiday Inn Express. One time, one time each week. What a shanda. The lady who is recovering out there, five children and a husband in Far Rockaway. You know, it's only a perception. Our battle is in the subway system is fighting the perception of fear. Perception of fear. I hear this now from the liberal progressive commentators. It's a perception. You know, it's like a reading point. It's a perception. Look at the analytics. It's not like it was in the 70s and 80s and early 90s. A perception of here. Really? Really? What about this? Okay, this happened yesterday. Give me that music, Rich. I will come back there and make you a victim. Not on the subways, but here in the studios at WABC. Remember, I can be very unhinged. People have found that out the hard way, especially in the subways if you're a criminal. <laughs> Let me give you the address. 
East 53rd Street in Lexington. Whoa. East 53rd Street in Lexington, the Upper East Side that is abandoned. We wonder why all these office buildings around our studios, there's like 50% of them are abandoned because women will not come to work because it's unsafe in the subways. You can't lure them back. You can't give them bonuses. They are the majority of the workforce. Without women going out to the clubs at night, the clubs are dead. Unless you like guys. Guys who like guys. But that's not the majority. They may be fighting over croutons at Wendy's, right? And like their their eyes merge into one another. But the majority of nightlife is boys and girls coming together. And it's the women nowadays. They say, no, don't. we're not going Dutch. I'm working, you're not. I'll pay the freight. They're not going to clubs. They're not going to restaurants. They're not going to gin mills. Why? Because the subways are unsafe. And how many of you have a child? 17-year-old child. They're sitting there looking a little frisky. They think they could ride the train on their own, boy or girl. XX chromosome, XY chromosome, and the 72 different gender identifications in between. So this 17-year-old boy, Standing there on the platform, East 50th in Lexington, number six train, right? Waiting for it to go uptown. In the afternoon, Saturday. The afternoon. You know what time in the afternoon? (laughs) 2.30. You know there are people on that platform. Why? Because the E train merges with it. There's always a lot of people on that platform. And it's a gang of five. And they're all wearing black hooded sweatshirts. And black surgical masks. It could be a gang from the Warriors. And they surround this guy, and they beat the hell out of him, punch him, kick him like it's clockwork orange. And then one of them takes out a dagger. He shows the crowd. And he stabs him over and 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 over. The kid barely survives. 2.30 in the afternoon, 50th and Lex, waiting for the 6th train. Lots of people there. Where were the cops? The precinct is right down the block. Right down the block. Nothing. Hey, Sewell, right? Why don't you come out of that church on Sunday mornings with Phil Banks if you're in church and get your ass out on the subways and see it for yourself. That gang, those Green Goblin gangs, came out of the Queens Bridge Project where you were born and raised. Somebody's got to do something out there instead of partying until the break of dawn. Living out in Nassau County, refusing to come and live in New York City. And then a guy named Phil Banks is calling the shots, who's a uh, confidential informant, unindicted co-conspirator, should have went to jail for police corruption. He's calling the shots. And he doesn't even do it from one police plaza or city hall. He's in a private office in the Verizon building overlooking the Brooklyn Bridge. What the hell is he doing there? Shh. Hush, hush, mush, mush. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, you can do three things. You can be a victim. You can flee. I choose. I choose to stay and fight for what I know is right. Improve, don't move. You come and you try to rip me off. You come, you threaten me. I preemptively hit you so hard. Your mother will feel the vibration. I don't wait. 
I profile. That's right. You see five guys dressed in hoodies, black hoodies with black masks. You think that they're afraid of getting COVID-19? They're not geriatric senior citizens. They're young teenagers who probably were just smoking blunts. They'll die of lung cancer. They're not worried about that. They take advantage of this to come and terrorize you in the subways. And nobody's doing anything except telling you it's a perception of fear. Well, you know what? Curtis Lee has answers. I don't just moan, groan, and complain. I don't just go out there and beat the hell out of these criminals. Oh, brings me such knock and such joy. <laughs> hey, tough guy, come here. Come here, tough guy. Hey, you see this? You see that plastic seat there? Bang! And then they got a big knot on their forehead. Go ahead, call the police, tough guy. They don't come for anybody. Wait, they come for me. I wave at the cameras just like you guys do. It's me, Curtis Lewa. Nobody does nothing in New York City any longer. Fight for what you know is right. Don't roll over. And please, don't leave. That's what they want. That's what AOC all out crazy. That's what the Democratic Socialists of America want. They want to take over New York City. The city that we love, the city of capitalism throughout the world, and they want to fly their socialist banner. They want to eliminate the police, eliminate prisons. And then when you look back from Florida or Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Texas, Tennessee, and you say, what happened to this city I love? You cut and ran. You didn't fight for what you know is right. I'm staying. I'm improving. I'm not moving. Are you going to join me? Are you going to join me or are you going to flee? Because that's what they all want you to be, someone who's in flight. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Start my mission, leave my residence, thinking how could I get some dead presidents? I need money. I used to be a stick-up kid, so I think of all the devious things I did. I used to roll up. This is a hole-up. Ain't nothing funny. Stop smiling. You still don't nothing move but the money. But now I learned to earn because I'm righteous. I yeah, you're great. righteous. So Eric I might just search for and Rakim. Righteous, that means you're a 5%, right? Hey, hey, see, I can kick the knowledge, man. Let me tell you something. A for Allah, B for born, C for circumference, and D for danger. By the way, he uh, considers himself a god, you know, just like Jay-Z and gods are able to carry weapons to protect themselves from white devils like me. And then they can procreate with the earth's. You know, like we're going to be talking about uh, Nick Cannon later on in the show, who apparently is like side by side with Kanye West, as they're claiming they're the real Jews now. And all of you are fake Jews, you Ashkenazis, you Sephardic Jews. Black Hebrew Israelites rule. Who knew Nick Cannon? He was like the Ryan Seacrest of black people, right? Total black milk toast. And now Kanye West, oh, you love Kanye West. Kanye, did you see it with Tucker Carlson? Did you see the White Lives Matter shirts? Just when you began to fall in love with Kanye, he pimp-slapped you Jews. He said, you're fake Jews. And P. Diddy, you're controlled by the Jews. <laughs> He's a nut job. He goes back and forth. George, George W. Bush hates black people. That guy's a nut job. 
And all of you, oh, Kanye, Candace Owens, yeah, nut jobs. That's in the next hour. What we got to talk right now is what are the plans of the MTA money taking agency to protect you in the subways? Very interesting. Um, two days ago, I was catching uh, the B train. And I heard a blast from the past, an audio that was playing nonstop during the lockdown and pandemic of March of 2020. Wasn't he Yankee, a former Yankee, to former Met, someone synonymous with New York, Brooklyn, Lafayette High School, we are here, grew up in the Marlboro Housing Projects, his father was a sanitation man, remember he would wear the orange sanitation man shirt underneath his Met jersey before that Cincinnati Reds. Remember? Right, right, right. John Franco, right? Hey, you love John Franco. Boy, you wish you had him coming out of the bullpen. I know the Mets. Diaz, no, 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 no. You would have loved John Franco coming out there. Game three, do or die tonight, City Field. Taking the seven train, right? Packed like sardines. Oh, I hope we don't get raped or robbed or stabbed along the way. Anyway, John Franco, what was he warning us about in the subway? Was he warning us about crime? No, they're still playing this stupid announcement about COVID. Hey, this is John Franco. I saved 276 games for the New York Mets, and now I'm asking you to make a few saves of your own by wearing a mask on public transit. You'll keep yourself safe, others safe, and you may even save a life or two. Now, do I really need to hear that from John Franco do you think, ladies and gentlemen, it's about time we take the freaking masks off in the subway and on the buses? Do you think that some of that is contributing to the crime? That, remember, way back in the days, Jesse James and the Outlaws, when they would ride their trusted steeds into town out west, what would they put on over their face before they robbed the uh, the bank? Gee, a mask, right? Banditos! So these guys are running around. When you see teenagers with masks, right? Beware. They're not afraid of COVID, COVID-19, uh, an old out the cock. Yeah, you know, they look like a mummy there. I get it. Visors, all kinds of... But a teenager? Part of the stick-up kid posses that Eric B. and Rakim are talking about? Hell no. They're taking advantage of that. And you would think someone at one police plaza or City Hall... Oh, that's right. The mayor's never at City Hall. He's always at Club Zero Bond partying till the break of dawn. You think somebody would say, it's time to get rid of these masks. Look, somebody wants to wear a mask, that's fine. Knock yourself out. But people are walking around still thinking it's COVID-19. The president said the pandemic is over, John Franco. Can we stop that? Can we stop that? I know you're all Met fans. Can we, can we put a petition? Petition, uh, Kevin Jost. I don't want to hear John Franco tell me, hey, 263 saves coming out of the bullpen at Shea Stabler. I don't want to hear that anymore. You think John Franco wears a mask? You think he rides the subway like he did as a kid when he went to Lafayette High School and then went to St. John's University and made his bones? Hell no. Oh, what do you mean, those frauds? Wait, we'll talk about that later on. Rich, I see you. I tried and true Yankee fan, huh? Oh. Oh, Castle Hill. Oh, Jenny got back, right? Jenny from the block, J-Lo. Yeah, I'll bet you. Preston High School, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. She's legit, unlike AOC. But you see, you see, caused me to digress. So now, at great expense, the MTA, money-taking agency, run by Kathy Crimewave Holcomb, who's never taken a subway, 
They now have announcements in the trains to frighten the criminals. These announcements are supposed to straighten you out. This is like scared straight on the subway. You hear this shrill voice, and right away, you're going to drop your toolie, your 9 millimeter. You're going to pull your mask off. You're going to put your hoodie down, and you're going to go, just like Eric B. and Rakim, I want to be righteous. Hello, I'm NYPD Commissioner Kishant Sewell. New York relies on its subway system like no other city in the nation. And your NYPD officers are working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, to keep it safe. Enjoy your ride, and thank you for choosing mass transit. I heard this on the subway the other day. I said, you got to be kidding. People don't even know who she is. You think the young homies, right, the stick-up kids, you think the, the gangbangers, you think they know who the hell this woman is? Like, a voice. you know who I am, Keyshawn? So who the hell are you, lady? And by the way, did she sound very forceful? Hell no. Then, to add insult to injury, this is the other announcement that I heard on the D train. Hello, I'm NYPD Commissioner Kishant Sewell. We have increased officers on trains and platforms Where? so that you can ride safely, knowing that we are here to help. If you see something, say something. No, no, no. I see something. I take care of it. I don't say anything. What am I going to wait there for hours? And by the way, see, well, why don't you talk to the city council? Why don't you talk to AOC? Why don't you talk to Caban in Astoria, who tell their constituents, never, never, never call the police, never call 911. Hey, Kev, you heard that announcement. Boy, that would have put fear in your heart, man. Your heart would have started pulsing. Oh, my God. The police commissioner is threatening me. No. She was so nice. In that announcement that if you were a diabetic, you would have insulin shock. Now, I have made a tape. I am going to J Street Borough Hall on Tuesday. Can't go on Monday because they close for Columbus Day. But by the way, they never work running the subways or buses anyway. And I'm going to say, look, man, this is on the cuff. This is like my gift to the riders and my threats against the criminals. This is the announcement that should be played on every platform and every subway line in the city, morning, noon, and night, and especially on the D train rated the unsafest and the dirtiest in a system that is falling into the abyss. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. This is Curtis Lewa, as if you didn't even know. I am the sheriff of the MTA, the money-taking agency. And that means you don't listen to John Franco. Take the freaking mask off. The president said the pandemic is over. And, yo, that photo recognition technology, you're all on film. I'm going to know quickly if you're a criminal or not. And those guys who are trying to prove they don't have erectile dysfunction, put your three-piece set in your pants, you pervs. And if you try to commit the crime, whatever it is, I'm going to hit you so hard, your grandmothers will feel the vibration. So, you want to deal with me? Or you want to just sit down, mind your own business, Get off and you stop, and don't bust anybody's chops. That gets the point across, right? You know, I think if we left it to the subway riders, not the hipsters and millennials from Park Slope or Astoria, oh, he's so aggressive, he's such a vigilante, he's so mean. Yeah, and then when they, all of a sudden, uh, somebody comes up and robs him. Where the guardian angels? 
They never say where the police. You notice that because they've been told, don't call the police. Oh, tonight I am going to riff in the 10 o'clock hour. A guy wanted to do something in Prospect Park where a dog named Moose was killed by an emotionally disturbed guy. And the community won't do anything because they're all, well, we like dogs, but we want to help this emotionally disturbed guy. He, he, he killed the dog and he injured the dog's friend and lifelong member of the family. They don't care about people. You would figure they would care about dogs. No. They care about lawlessness, anarchy, and never, ever, ever call the police. I'm going to have an update because the whole idea of the people getting together was the inspiration of the guardian angels. And they said, you want to follow those fascists? And now they got ugats. They got bupkis. They got nothing. New York Times, New York Post, they love that story because the hipsters and millennials, the progressives, the liberals, the Democrat socialists of America, the justice warriors, refuse to do anything. Since that is the case, the cops won't do anything. We have to do it, ladies and gentlemen. There's no denying we got to take back the subways, take back the streets, take back the parks, take back the schools. That's Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan. His missing in action police commissioner, Sewell. Phil Banks, I remember, unindicted co-conspirator, a confidential informer who should have been in jail. They're, they're calling the shots, and look at what you get. It's worse than it was with Bill de Blasio. Man, I never thought I would say that. It was actually better with Bill de Blasio. Could you believe that? <laughs> oh, oh, wait, wait. You know how they don't want to do stop and frisk, right? Let's face it, you see a young hood, you got the hoodie on, you got the mask on, and then you got the fanny pack, right? Fanny pack. You used to wear fanny packs around your hips. By the way, come up with it's all in the hips there. Where's uh, Kevin Drosch? Got to come up with that classic momentarily. It's all in the hips. But you know it's double trouble when a thug or a thugette comes up to you. They got the hoodies on. They got the mask on. And they got the uh, fanny pack strapped around their shoulder instead of around their waist. And they wear it in front, which means they got their loaded 9 millimeter. They got more ammunition in there. They got money and drugs. And you would think cops who are street smart, they know the deal. Uh, they should have the license to do stop and frisk, right? I mean, come on, they're street smart. Let them do their freaking job. They're doing drive-by shootings on the back of motorcycles. And what do they have in front? The fanny pack with the 9 millimeter, right? The clips, the money, and the drugs. Oh, here it is. I am completely open. You know, I'm a nightlife man, and I like to test the product. <laughs> That's what that means. That's what that means, ladies and gentlemen, test the product. And he was hanging out with French Montana, and I know, Anthony Weiner on Saturday. I went with him, left versus right. He's got no street smarts, Anthony Weiner, right? He went to Brooklyn Tech. He was a bookworm, right? You could see. Guys probably slapped him in the back of the head when he had his Jew fro on in Brooklyn Tech. Thought that was cool, right? He goes, French Montana? Who's French Montana? 
How's a French Montana got shot in the head because he was a, a Coke boy? He was bringing in kilos. He's got a 10-step program of what to do to be Pablo Escobar number two. He runs Coke Boy Records. What do you think that is, Coca-Cola? Oh, I don't know. Don't you think that's guilt by association? Ah, hell yes, it is. Why would you be hanging out with French Montana at 4 o'clock in the morning unless you're sampling a little product, right, Rich? Come on. Especially in a private club like Zero Bond, no one's permitted in. Whatever goes on in Zero Bond stays in Zero Bond. Look, man, let's be straight up. I'm a street guy. The man's either using Adderall to stay awake or he's doing lines. There ain't no way you go to a club at 4 in the morning and you're up by 7 and all of a sudden you're going to ribbon cuttings and you're giving out certificates and you're doing press conference after press conference. Don't tell me I'm a guy who stays up a lot. I know what it takes. And you want to stay up 24-7-365. If it's good blow, oh, man, you'll be up for days, days and days. And now that his very dear friend is French Montana, it's like uh, Paul Harvey used to say, you know the rest of the story. Will anybody do an intervention? Hell no. I said, Anthony Weiner, you had your problems, right? I've had my problems. Didn't you welcome somebody doing an intervention? Well, somebody got to do an intervention with Eric Adams, a swagger man with no plan. He can't control himself with his nightlife. It's out of control. And I'm telling you, like someone who has a problem with gambling, like someone who has a problem with drinking, like someone who has a problem with drugs, he's got all the telltale signs. And I don't want to have to be the one to say, I told you so. But anyway, back to what I was talking about, stop and frisk. And stopping fare evasion, so important in protecting the subway. If you don't control the turnstiles, you lose control of the subway system. They have lost control of the subway system. So yesterday, they actually had a group of rookies that were being trained by a sergeant. And they stopped a 17-year-old thug for fare evasion because he wanted to show them what, what you do if you ever ever do a fair evasion. So it turns out the guy on September 24th murdered somebody. And what they did is they noticed that when he came into the subway, he didn't even bother to look around. He just went right through the turnstile without paying. He manipulated the turnstile to avoid paying the fare. They stopped him. They did a background check. They copped a murder guy, a guy on a murder warrant. You think if you did more of that, you would come up with guns you would come up with all kinds of contraband. You would come up with guys with outstanding warrants. That's what they did when Rudy Giuliani got elected mayor and gave this city a badly needed colony. It's called zero tolerance. Ray Kelly kept it up with Bloomberg for 12 years, and then Bill de Blasio said no. And the DAs, all of them feckless and weak, led by Alvin Bragg in Manhattan and Darcel Clark, turned them loose from the jail cells, refused to prosecute fair evasion. Before he had to resign, Andrew Evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Faccia Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo I, at that time head of the money-taking agency, said that he would assign 500 MTA cops to stop fare evaders. Obviously, that never happened. So when you watch the Irish sweepstakes, when you watch these men and women just jump over the turnstile, go under the turnstile, push the gate open, and let everybody else through, noting, 
it's an easy pass for a lot of thugs, criminals, and gangbangers. Again, you don't control the turnstiles. You will lose complete control of the subway system. And notice, 4 o'clock this Sunday, the day before Christopher Columbus Day in the parade up Fifth Avenue, we have lost complete control of our subway system because we don't control the turnstiles. It's so simple. I volunteer my services to help you, Eric Adams, since he's so busy in the clubs. I'll run the subways and the transit police, and I guarantee you, it'll be zero tolerance. Stop and frisk, we're stopping fare evaders, and we're playing the Curtis Lee warnings on every subway train and on every subway platform. And if you don't like it, tough noogies. Radio 77 WABC, New York's talk station with the king of New York, Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. I like to be in America, okay by me in America, everything free in America, for us for be in America. Wow, this uh, great uh, first Broadway musical. And then movie in 1960s, won 10 Academy Awards, and the score, the choreography, and uh, the writing was done by Democrat, liberal, progressives of that time, Leonard Bernstein, Sondheim, I forget the others, but they were all very far to the left, very far to the left. You couldn't make a song like that now, Rich, everything free in America. And these were Puerto Ricans who were already American. Now it's Venezuelans from Maduro land, which used to be Chavez land. Nobody has said what I've said. Imagine you're this bus driver, Maduro. You were driving a bus in Caracas 10 years ago. You were the Ralph Cramden of Venezuela. But you became the number one sickle fan toady of Hugo Chavez. Hugo Chavez, the idiot that he was, decided he would go for his cancer care in Havana because... uh, he watched that Moore documentary, you know, Moore who said, hey, Cuba has better medical service than the United States. So his staff was saying, look, you could go to Miami. You're not banned from America. You could go to New York, Boston. You could go to Chicago. You could go to L.A. You got stomach cancer. It's the size of a basketball. But the American doctors operate on No, I'm going to Cuba. He went three times. He was embraced by his friend at that time behind the sugarcane curtain, Fidel Castro. And then he died. He died in Cuba on the operating table. Hey, serves him right. So who took over his number one sickle fan, Tony and Lackey? Maduro, who goes to his mausoleum each night, Rich, and talks to him. And there's a sparrow that's perched there. Maduro swears the sparrow is channeling Hugo Chavez. This guy is the leader of that country. So his country is overwhelmed. They can't provide enough food, social services. There's no medicine. There's no hospitals. So he's at the bursting point the same way that Fidel Castro was in 1980, when all of a sudden Castro said, well, I'll just turn my mariolitos loose. I'll empty my insane asylums, my prisons. I'll get rid of the guys hanging out in the streets who are causing me all kinds of problems. And I'll just let him set sail for for Florida. And who welcomed him on the beach? It was Jimmy Carter and Rosalind Carter. 
Oh, we love you. Mariolitos. And they spread all over the country, and they actually caused Bill Clinton to lose his bid for re-election as governor, the young boy governor of uh, Arkansas, because he had to house him in Fort Chaffee. And they burned Fort Chaffee down, and, and all the voters blamed Bill Clinton. So they kicked him out. It was a two-year term. And then they brought him back. What a mistake. So that didn't work out very well. Now, if you're Maduro and you're saying, God, we got no money. We're being strangled here. I got people. They're demonstrating. They want to sack me. I'll do what Castro did. I'll let them loose out of my insane asylums, my prisons. I'll send the single able-bodied guys who are gangs up in the favelas. They're robbing people left and right. And I'll say, hey, you're free to go. Two million are free to go now. And where do you think they want to go, right? You think they want to go to El Salvador, Honduras, Guatemala, Panama? You think they want to go to Colombia? You think they want to go to Mexico? Or do you think they want to come to the U.S. of A., where everything is for free? Look, they're watching on Telemundo. They're watching on Univision. It's the CNN of the Spanish-speaking world. It's global. And they see every day Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, all pimped out, you know, with $5,000 to say, hey, that's a well-dressed man, and he's welcoming us. He's saying he's a sanctuary city. So when they come across the border at Juarez in Mexico to the friend of Eric Adams, the Democratic mayor there, he's already said, I'll accept whoever you sent. They'll say, of course we want to go to Nueva York. And then if they come to Eagle Pass, where they're running right into Governor Abbott and his uh, National Guardsmen, they put them, they say, where do you want to go? Oh, Nueva York. You think they want to go to Beetlejuice in Chicago, who's doing karaoke songs on TikTok while crime is going through the roof? Lightfoot, lightweight? No. They want to come to New York. And boy, are they coming to New York. And again, I think my husband-in-law, David Patterson, is in hiding. His phone must be blowing up. He probably uh, went up back up to Lake George. He's got a little dacha there when the heat gets on. You know, when Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb is upset with him and Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, because he comes on with John Katsimatidis like he did this morning, making news from 8 to 10 every Sunday. It was up on the New York Post before the interview was even finished. He had this. My husband-in-law, David Patterson, the DNC chairman at one point in the state of New York to say about the flood of illegal aliens, the invasion into our state. I think what Mayor Adams is not necessarily wanting to expand his own powers. He's just using that terminology to highlight the difficulty and the strain on the city having all of these migrants being bussed in from other parts of the country. And that was why I said right here on this show uh, a couple of months ago that it was a brilliant strategy on the part of Governor Abbott because it focused the attention on cities far away from Florida and Texas and Arizona and California, the states that border uh, other uh, entities. And we're now seeing that Democratic mayors like Mayor Adams are making the same complaint that these other governors and and mayors were making in other parts of the country. Hmm. You think he's persona non grata with Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb? With uh, Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan? Because remember, the new plan of Eric Adams, he's always changing. He's always flipping the script. It's pivot and shift. 
every time he runs into a problem now, which is mostly in housing these illegal aliens that he has welcomed into our sanctuary city. We now have a theme song for him for every occasion. And this one is Pivot and Shift. Constant pivot and shift to find a the right solution to this humanitarian crisis. Now, usually I don't do this, but uh, I'm going to hit y'all with a little preview of the remix. They can say what they want. Pivot and shift, part two. When you get a question, what do you do? First you pivot, then you shift. First you pivot, then you shift. Hey. We're in New Yorkers, and this is what we do. Don't try to script me. This is what we do. This is what we do. Oh, uh, first you pivot, then you shift. This is what we do. This is what we do. Ow. We're going to have to continue to pivot and shift. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. Oh, uh, first you pivot, then you shift. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing at all of us. Suckers. You thought I would be the law and order mayor. You thought I had a plan. The swagger man never had a plan. I warned you. Look, I don't want to have to redo the election. But nobody listened to me, including a lot of our WABC listeners. I run into them. They say, well, I, I really thought, you know, Curtis, he's a cop for 22 years. He was a house mouse. He never left a precinct, never made a collar. Yeah, but I thought, for, yeah, you thought, you, how do you like the results now for the first 10 months? It's worse than it was with the Blasio. <laughs> Crackers. <laughs> That's what he thinks of us. I remember he said, hey, you know. I really took it to those crackers in the police department. You really think he's changed his mindset? Come on, man. I know Eric Adams for more than 40 years. I'm a street guy, right? He's not a street guy. What's the house mouse? You voted for him. You got him. He's destroying our city even more than de Blasio. But that doesn't mean we can't fight back. Not not against Eric Adams or the police or uh, Sewell, but against the criminals. We got to stand and fight for right. Look at what just happened here. Well, you know, I'm telling all of you, you got to vote for Congressman Lee Zeldin and his partner running for lieutenant governor, Allison Esposito, the former deputy inspector, 7-0 precinct for Tombstone uh, for the NYPD. Look at what just happened. Two people were shot outside the Long Island home of Lee Zeldin on Sunday. Surely in Suffolk, right? We're not talking the dance here, wine dance. We're not talking Brentwood, Central Islip. We're not talking Hempstead, right? We're talking Shirley. Shirley, Shirley, Boverly. You know, it's like Shirley's a nice community. Right, let me give you the details. His two teenage twin daughters, who I've met before with his wife, lovely family, very lovely family. Happened to be at home at the time. Micaiah and Ariana were doing homework on the first floor. He was not at home. Obviously, he's out campaigning 24-7-365. They heard the shots. Boom. They went upstairs and locked themselves in the bathroom. Shirley, Long Island. You know, when you grow up in the projects, you know, the kids are told, you hear shots, go in the bathroom and go into the bathtub. Go in the bathtub in case... Shots start flying through the door or start flying through the tenements. Kids know that's that you're prepared to do that in high-crime areas. Surely, high-crime area? This is not wine dance, the dance. This is not Brentwood. This is not Central Iceland. This is not Hempstead. Oh, my God. 
Imagine how traumatized his daughters were locking themselves in the bathroom. The two guys who were shot were taken to Long Island Community Hospital. As more details come out, we'll share them with all of you. I know exactly how his wife and his two daughters must feel now, like so many of you out there, vulnerable. There are no safe places. From Buffalo to Brooklyn, you could be up there milking cows in the morning. It'll eventually come to you. If it's happening in Shirley, outside of the home of a congressman, Lee Zeldin, now the GOP, Republican conservative candidate, running hard to beat Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, it can happen to anybody. Anyway, back on track. Uh, it's not really digressing. It's like there's so much crime. I, I, yeah, I'm going to speak to John and Margot Katzmatidis, owners and operators of Red Apple Media, our parent company, and say maybe I should just do a crime bladder uh, all day, you know, all day long, you know, like a teletype. Stop, Greg Kelly. Here's another crime. Stop, my Kumbarichi, Trudy Giuliani. Here's a series of crimes. Stop, Bo Snurdly. You know, I could do this 24-7-365. And since I know every square inch of the city and even the suburbs, I could sort of describe it geographically. Like whatever happened in Poughkeepsie at the Courtyard Marriott. Hey, Mormons in Salt Lake City. Would you tell us? Was the state putting up these two homeless guys? These guys were smoking dust, making bombs in there, walked into the lobby. Not because they came from the outside, but they, they were actually clients of Marriott. They shot this guy, 57 years old, from Long Island, who was out there for family weekend in Maris. Bill O'Reilly went to Maris. I'm going to reach out to Bill O'Reilly, who's on before me Monday through Fridays, 12 to 12.15. He's on in the morning. He's on at night. I'm going to say, Bill, got to do the deep dive. Nobody's talking. What the hell are those two mutts and skells, these two dope fiends, doing in a courtyard Marriott in Poughkeepsie, and nobody's saying how they paid the bill? Because we know they didn't pay the bill. Was it Dutchess County? Dutchess County says, no, Punches Pilot, we didn't pay the bill. The state hasn't said anything because the state does assign prisoners to no-tell motel Holiday Inn Expresses. Just look at Newburgh, the Camden by the Hudson. Go up and down Broadway. Look at all those ex-cons from Bronx and Brooklyn who are now housed in Newburgh who've destroyed that city. Oh, I'm not letting this go. I got guardian angels in Poughkeepsie. They're already busting their shoes on this, okay? All right? Well, let's go back to Staten, Staten Island. The... Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, is turning it into Satan Island, the Forgotten Island. Eh, almost every mayor, Democratic mayor, has done that. De Blasio did it. Dinkins really did it. And now Eric Adams is doing it. He has, under the cover of darkness, taken the illegal aliens from Ven Venezuela that he has welcomed from El Paso. Remember, we're not talking the ones that Greg Abbott is sending. That he says, oh, he's a racist. His friend, the Democratic mayor of El Paso, called him up and said, would you be willing to take these Venezuelan uh, illegal aliens that are coming across from Juarez into El Paso? And what did Eric Adams say? Certainly. Who's going to pay for it? Eric Adams didn't care. You know, hey, I'm doing outreach from when I want to run for president of the United States. Because remember, I'm the new face of the Democratic Party. You're Ufacha Bruta. And they keep coming. 
and the El Paso mayor is using city funds there to put them on the Greyhound to pound the hound, and they come to the Port Authority, and now there's an additional bus provided by the city of New York, Staten Island residents, that is bringing them out to your hotels way over in Travis. Yeah, Travis every year. They have such a beautiful July 4th parade on there, the longest running in the nation. What a stable community. And they're out to destroy that community, ladies and gentlemen. Travis Chelsea. I love Travis and Chelsea. I really do. Look, my dad was a merchant seaman. He used to come into port through the Arthur Kill, Kill Van Coe. Used to go over there, meet the seamen. They used to have their retirement home right there. God, I have such good memories. Now they're out to destroy Travis Chelsea. They are housing these illegal aliens from Venezuela who have no food, no clothes. At the Staten Island Inn, the Holiday Inn, Fairfield Inn, and Suites, again, Marriott. Boy, they love that money, right? <laughs> because the check doesn't bounce. Because it's our tax dollars. And they turn the blind eye. They just want to fill up those rooms. Do they tell their other guests? When their other guests are going to the Staten Island Inn, Holiday Inn, Fairfield Inn, Suites, Marriott, and Travis Chelsea, are they telling you, well, you know, we're housing illegal aliens from Venezuela. No, thank you. I'll go across the Arthur Kill, Kill Van Kell. I'll stay over there in Perth Amboy, South Amboy, please. I'll stay in Jersey. I'll go over I'll go over the Outer Bridge crossing, the Wood Bridge. I'll go over the Gothos Bridge. I'll go over the Bayonne Bridge. They're not even telling the other clients who are coming in, even the ones who are in just for an hour, you know, the Hot Sheet uh, Motel. You know, because they got the urge to merge. Well, that's with their gumana. Hopefully nobody sees us. Who the hell are all these people rolling around? They got summer garb on. They got no shoes. They got flip-flops. And they're coming up to me in Spanish and saying, food, 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 no food. Senor, no food. Are they crazy out there, these hotel owners? No, they want the money. They don't care about you. Eric Adams, the swagger man, he doesn't care. He wanted to put an ocean liner out there right at home for it. He said he was negotiating with Norwegian Cruise Line. Man, I put a stop to that. I, along with the Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis and the Republicans running out there, finally Joe Borelli came on board. Hmm. He's the guy. Well, it's the better alternative. Man, he pimp slapped him around out there. All of a sudden, he's on board. Do I forgive him? Do I forget of course I don't. But we can save that for another day. He's on board. That's all that counts. So now, what does the mayor and his staff say? Caron, his crooked chief of staff, who's out the door, by the way, January 1st. He says, oh, we were negotiating with the Norwegian Cruise Line, but they wanted too much money. We're now negotiating with uh, Kathy Lee Gifford, spokesperson for the Carnival Cruise Line, and a number of third-world cruise lines. They're from countries in Africa, Liberia. Ivory Coast, Ghana, they're sitting there, cruise liners, which are like third world capacity. They probably won't even make it to home port. They'll probably sink in the Arthur Kill Kill Van Cole, the Straits of the Verrazano. And now there's an alternative plan, once again, revealed here exclusively by yours truly, Curtis Lee, on WABC, your place to be. 
They have a backup plan because, remember, it's always pivot and shift. Could I hear my uh, pivot and shift theme? Because Eric Adams always have a pivot and shift Constant when it comes to pivot and shift to find a the right solution to this humanitarian crisis. Now, usually I don't do this, but uh, I'm going to hit y'all with a little preview of the remix. They can say what they want. Pivot and shift part two. When you get a question, what do you do? First you pivot, then you shift. First you pivot, then you shift. Hey. We're New Yorkers, and this is what we do. Don't try to script me. This is what we do. This is what we do. Uh, first you pivot, then you shift. This is what we do. This is what we do. Ow. We're going to have to continue to pivot and shift. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. Uh, first you pivot, then you shift. <laughs> yeah, laughing at all of us. That's the strategy at City Hall. Remember, the first plan, the tent in Orchard Beach, the parking lot. AOC, who's the uh, con- uh, congresswoman there, said there's no drainage there. Everyone said to him, no drainage. Don't put the tent here. He's obstinate. You know, he's pretentious. He's all-knowing, Eric Adams. He knows nothing about nothing, right? First heavy rain after a terrible uh, Hurricane Eon. We got whipped at the end. All of a sudden, the tent for a 1,000 able-bodied Venezuelan single men was transported to Randall's Island. It's now 500 men. And people there have said, Eric, this is a drainage area that will not be able to survive with a tent the moment there's a first heavy rain or snowfall. doesn't matter. They're putting it up right next to Kirby Psychiatric. You know, you got psychotic individuals roaming around. You got homeless men. You got drug-addicted guys in rehab there. They're all roaming around like zombies in Dawn of the Dead. And who is sending the National Guard there, Rich? Kathy Crime Wave Hochul, because Eric Adams knows the moment the first illegal aliens are tented in Randall's Island, all the homeless men and the drug addicts are going to say, look at all the swag they're getting, cell phones, good food, and look at us. We're, we're laying up in these cots in a dormitory. we got to smell this guy's feet, and he's snoring, and, you know, he's trying to rump ride me. Man, we're going to bum rush that place, and that's what you're going to need the National Guard for, to protect the illegal aliens. How crazy is that? Ocean liners? The next step is Hepsters Millennials there by the Brooklyn Navy Yard. Yes, Hasidim Satmar, I got bad news for you and those who live in the projects surrounding the Navy Yard. Dry dock number two, that's set for the next cruise liner. 5,000 illegal aliens with nothing to do, free to come and go as they please doing exactly what they're doing in Staten Island now, and Travis and Chelsea, Chelsea going door to door, begging for food, begging for clothes, begging for water. Now, what happens in desperation, Rich, if somebody's not home? Desperate times require desperate means. Home invasions, break-ins, thefts. If I don't have a full belly, if I don't have warm clothes... If I don't have a, a means of a sustenance, what you got, I'm going to take. And if you don't think they were doing that in Venezuela for years, you're all a bunch of suckers. Just follow. Follow the lines, the Mariolitos, and now the Venezuelans, exclusively here on the Curtis Sleeper Show. Radio 77 WABC. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC.
Todas están pendientes a ti, pero tú puesta para mí. All right, we got a wipeout bed, Bunny. Hey, Kevin Josh, I need me a little easy here. I need South Side, West Side, man. I need my Chi Town fix. Dump out of this, Rich. Dump out of this. I need my South Side, West Side fix. Kanye West. It's one of the few uh, Kanye West rap songs that I will listen to because I spent a lot of time in Chi Town. In uh, West uh, Chicago, which is Land of the Vice Lords Gang. And South Side, which is Black Gangster Disciples. Let me hear a little Yeezy. Let me hear a little. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, you can lower it now, lower it. You can play it underneath, Rich, low, because that's all I liked out of the song. It reminded me when I organized the Guardian Angels in Chi-Town, battling Black Angster Disciples, Southside, down to 95th, and then out in the West Side, all mad, crazy West Side. That's the worst. In fact, a lot of people don't realize that Barack Obama... Was a carpetbagger came in from Hawaii. You know, it was uh, basically a howley. It was like a white boy, you know, smoking Maui Waui Hindu Kush and all. Wow, became a community organizer, Southside 95th Street, and he did relatively good. And he became a state senator, and he decided to challenge the congressman from the West Side, Bobby Rush, who had used to be the leader of the Black Panther Party. Total thug. He wanted me locked up in uh, Crook County Jail because it's all a bunch of crooks. And he ran against Bobby Rush in the Democratic primary. He lost the primary two to one. Barack Obama. I mean, we're talking hardcore thugs because the vice lords in the west side of Chi-Town said, yo, man, brother Obama, if you'd have paid us off like it paid off the black gangster disciples, we would have forced people to vote for you. But my brother Bobby, he came through like he does every two years. Yeah, gangs get the vote out in Chicago. That's how crazy it is. In Beetlejuice land, the reason I call it Beetlejuice land, Rich, see the mayor there, uh, Mayor Lightfoot, lightweight, she's doing TikTok karaoke videos, oh my God, crime is off the hook there, she like Eric Adams, you know, she got no plan, she's doing karaoke videos on TikTok, she looks like Beetlejuice, but anyway, uh, he caused me to digress. I have an affinity for Chicago because I spent my first five years there after being birthed at Brooklyn Hospital, smacked on my tuchus, my dupa by Dr. Duckman, and I've been talking ever since. So 46 in Rockwell used to be all Polish, now it's all Mexican, right near the stockyards. They were up and active when I was a kid, no more. Near Bridgeport, which is where all the Irish live, the Daly crime family, and Kaminsky Park. That's where the White Sox used to be. My dad and uh, my uncles were all White Sox fans. They took me to Kaminsky Park just to boo Mickey Mantle when the Yankees came there, and I had to sit there and I had to deal with it. But I digress. So the Mamaluke, he's, uh, he's as bad a Mamaluke as Frank Morano is. I mean, this guy was a mama's boy. When, when Yeezy's mother was alive, Kanye West, man, when she died, this guy continues to mourn her. He's a real Mamaluke. She was a good woman, though, good woman, and he had a good father. He was not a street thug. No, he did bubblegum rap, man. We ain't talking hardcore rap. A little more intense than Will Smith, but still a bubblegum rapper. You know, he pretends like he's a thug. Man, 
He never had a fight in his life, Yeezy. But anyway, you didn't know whether to love him or hate him. You knew he was a loony kazuni from Parts Unknown. You know he was bipolar. You know how he could flip the script at a moment's notice. Back in the aftermath of Katrina, remember how he said over and over, George W. Bush hates black people. George W. Bush hates black people. And then the next thing you see him with a MAGA hat, he's in the White House embracing Donald Trump. He's draped in a Confederate flag, the stars and bars, the flag of treason. You never know which way the easy man's going to go. He's a nut. I'm telling you. But no, all of you, oh, if he says what we like. I'm not going to mention the host here at WABC. I really should, right? <laughs> no, Rich, I'm not going to embarrass them because they heard what they wanted to hear in his interview with Tucker Carlson the other day, fresh from the runway models, including Candace Owens, who they all love, wearing White Lives Matter, you know, walking up and down the runway like they got stickball bats up their arses, you know. They, nobody walks like that because, you know, whether they're men, women, XX, chromosome, XY, transgender, non-binary, whatever. And so now all of a sudden there's controversy. So they're saying, man, Yeezy, why'd you do that, man? You're a double-stuffed Oreo cookie. You're an Uncle Tom. You're a self-hating black man. And the worst was the Anti-Defamation League. No, 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 that'll come back because he never forgives, he never forgets. He wigs out all the time. But he's sitting there with Tucker Carlson, two-part interview, and you were loving every second of it, pro-life. Oh, God, he's so pro-life. And look at him defend his fashionista garb. White lives matter. With, I want to answer the, the white. Yeah. I, I feel like someone caught what I was saying, the comparison to Tanya Harden about the, the white lives matter. You know, my dad is an educated um, ex-Black Panther, and he put a text to me today. He said, white lives matter, ha, 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 ha. And I said, I thought the shirt was a funny shirt. I thought the idea of me wearing it was funny. And I said, Dad, what do you think it was funny? He said, just just a black man stating the obvious. See, that's a double entendre if you look at it. Think of it. It's two ways. It could be what black people have always thought, only white lives matter. It could have been that. Maybe that's what the, the father was referring to. The father's an educated man. The mother was an educated woman. He, he did not grow up in the hood. He did not grow up in the hood. See, they, they all pretend, you know, these rappers. You find out that some of them, right? Like, well, where Chuck D and Flavor Flav went to school, man. It's like, where'd you go to school, man? In Nassau County, paying $10,000 a year. Yeah, yeah, we're street, we're street. Yeah, Freeport. Yeah, yeah, you're tough. Get out of here, public enemy. But anyway, I digress here. Always beware. Don't listen to the rap and think that they're, they're street hoods. They're street thugs because they're not. They're soft. Soft. Kanye West, soft, but crazy, absolutely out of his mind. He goes from one extreme to the other extreme. He told you he's bipolar. So he's saying things you like to hear, like, in addition, his conversation with his daddy, former Black Panther Party, about why he was wearing garb, White Lives Matter. In fact, he wore the main shirt, and then he had a picture of Pope John Paul on the front. So you said... Um that your father said when he saw the shirt, White Lives Matter, it's great to see a black man stating the obvious. So by which I think you meant that's obviously true. Yeah, that my favorite response, because I kept on thinking like, you know, people, they're looking for an explanation and people say, well, as an artist, you don't have to give an 
explanation, but as a leader, you do. Yes, I think that's right. So the answer to why I wrote White Lives Matter on a shirt is because they do. It's the obvious thing. Yeah. See, everybody loved that, right? Rich, they all loved that. Oh, yeah, white lives do matter. Okay. Anti-defamation league called him a racist. All of a sudden, Adidas, which had a deal with them where they're making mad money from Yeezy, Yeezy, Yeezy sneaker, right? I want my Yeezy. Hey, hey, people actually go around talking like that nonsense. Hey, could I have a pair of Yeezy? Uh, what, what do you mean? You know, the one that Yeezy came up with? You mean Kanye West? Why can't you just call him by Kanye West? No, Yeezy, Yeezy. So stupid. Well, you saw him on Tucker Carlson, back-to-back interviews, and I know all the Fox News listeners. Oh, he's so brilliant. He's so bright. He's standing up to the Democrat socialists of America, the justice warriors. He's standing up. He said that Black Lives Matter, which has become Black Lives Mansions, is a fraud. Oh, he's our kind of guy. Hold up. <laughs> it's the same guy who said George W. Bush hates black people. It's the same guy who wigs out. And then Elon Musk, after Instagram, said, you got to go, man. Zuckerberg says, you got to go. You're off Instagram. And then Yeezy says, but Zuck, me and you, we were doing karaoke out there in Palo Alto. We were like homies. It was like Ebony and Ivory, remember? Zuck said, nah, man, you're off Instagram. And who welcomed him? Elon Musk, who said, hey, you haven't been on Twitter in two years. Welcome back. He's like, welcome back, Carter. Elon Musk said, welcome back. We missed you. We missed you. Good to have you on Twitter. And then he goes to war against Jews. Oh, boy. And everybody was like, oh, my God. It's like, what, what, well, you had a precursor of this. Remember Nick Cannon? Nick Cannon's still doing very well. Or is he the host of the mask uh, singer? You know, the Michael Buttigieg, Rudy Giuliani was on, remember? Shocked the world. And two, two of the, the, the judges, oh, we walk out. Rudy, we're walking out. Yeah, keep walking. But I always looked at Nick Cannon like he was the Black Ryan Seacrest. He never said anything. You know, he didn't want to offend anybody. I know because I was at the Best Buy Theater. It was for a Radio Hall of Fame interview. I was on a stage with Nick Cannon for 45 minutes. He was doing radio at the time also, including TV. He was like, oh, media man. 45 minutes, the guy never said anything. He was like Derek Jeter up there, like Ryan Seacrest. You know, guys who know that they got a label and they're so afraid to have any kind of opinion because, oh, my God, Procter & Gamble may not want to advertise with me. And then all of a sudden he hooked up. With a guy who almost single-handedly took down public enemy. Yeah, Chuck D and Flavor Flav, you cut him loose. Remember Professor Griff, who loves Scooby Louis Farrakhan, member of the Nation of Islam, hates Jews. And so he's sitting down in these podcasts. If you know this podcast, always get these people in trouble. Because everybody, you could be in your bathroom and do a podcast. And so all of a sudden, Nick Cannon... He's got a schmanta on his head. He looked like a black Hebrew Israelite. You know, those nut jobs who went Times Square screaming white devils, fake Jews, you Ashkenazis, you ain't real Jews, Sephardic Jews, you ain't real Jews, Hebrew Israelites, black men, black women, we're the real Jews. And then he starts going crazy. 
You speaking facts. Exactly. There's no reason to be scared of anything when you're speaking the truth. If we were truly the the children of Israel and we're defining who the Jewish people are, because I feel like if we actually can understand that construct, then we can see that there is no hate involved. When we talk about right, right. the lies, the deceit, the how the, the fake dollar controls all of this, then maybe we can get to the reason why they wanted to silence you. And then all of a sudden, the executives in Hollywood at Viacom said, uh-oh, why is he sitting with Professor Griff? Why is he talking about a fake dollar? Don't don't go there, Nick. Don't go there. Oh, my God. Don't go conspiracy on us. Hate it now because I told the truth. It's never hate speech when it's not. Right. You can't be anti-Semitic when... The Semitic when when we we are the Semitic people when we are the same people that you who they want to be mm-hmm. that's our birthright that's our birthright. So Professor Griff and Nick Cannon were saying they're the real Jews and that uh, you Ashkenazis and Sephardic Jews, you're fake Jews. It sounded right out of the pages of those screwballs, the Black Hebrew Israelites. They're always taunting white people. I mean, every chance they get, standing on corners, right outside of Penn Station, Times Square, they're, they're everywhere. I mean, maybe Nick Cannon, right, could have been there. But then all of a sudden, they did an intervention. Rabbi Joe Potashnik, the Anti-Defamation League, all the rabbis came together. They said, Nick knows not what he says. He's going to go on an apology tour. He's going to go from shul to synagogue. He's going to daven. He's going to offer up his 10 kids. The guy doesn't believe in birth control. He's going to offer up his 10 kids, and he's going to say, I'm offering them to the real tribe of Israel, the Cohen tribe. And the money made everything go away. Viacom fired him. But look, he's back on our feet. Back on his feet, mass singer. Well, when we come back, going to tell you what Kanye, who you love, said. You loved him when Tucker Carlson, you said he stood up and said, white lives matter, Candace Owens, right? They, they're our heroes. Well, when you deal with nut jobs, they are subject to going bing, 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 every which way. Get ready for a roller coaster ride with Kanye West, a.k.a. Yeezy, Yee. Who said, why are you taking that Jewish money, P. Diddy? Why are you hanging out with those Fugazi Jews? Talk Radio 77 WABC. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. I know that some of you Kanye West fans newly converted because of his interview with Tucker Carlson are wondering, what the hell am I talking about? Oh, hold on. I'll let you know. It ain't good. It's bad. It's anti-Semitic right down to the marrow of Yeezy Kanye West Bones. But he'll recover because he's a nut. But anyway, the reason we play Lou Monty here, Lazy Mary, is for multiple reasons. Tonight, it's do or die at City Field. Game three against the San Diego Padres. And I came to the conclusion uh, on Saturday where I do left versus right with Anthony Rena three to four, and he's a hardcore Met fan. 
always wore his uh, Met hat in the subway. He legitimately rode the subways because I met him many times and all he, until this day. And uh, he was hurting because, you know, game one, Scherzer got bombed, four home runs. And I saw that Manny Machado dancing around the bases at City. I hate that guy with the Padres. I hated him with the Orioles. And he's from Venezuela. I remember the Yankees almost got him. I was going to slit my throat. Thank God they took a pass on him. So I had to determine who do I hate more, the Mets or Manny Machado. I said, you know something, Anthony, I, I want the Mets to win against San Diego. Game three tonight, City Field. Because um, I want them to play the Dodgers in the NL playoff finals. I think America wants to see that. East Coast, West Coast, Mets versus Dodgers. It's good for baseball, which is no longer the national pa- pastime. It's smash mouth football. So I said, I'd like to see that, but you ain't getting into the World Series. The Dodgers will beat you. He said to me, but we have to get through the Atlanta Braves, who just swept us in three. I said, look, Jimmy Carter loves the Atlanta Braves. I'm not going with the Atlanta Braves, okay? And I already have gone on record. Many of you know I'm a tried and true Yankee fan. You cut my veins and arteries. I bleed Yankee pinstripes. But as long as Aaron Boone is the manager, we ain't getting into the World Series. And we can't get past Houston. It ain't happening. Aaron... Rogers. Oh, he lost today, Aaron Rodgers, to the Jets. Oh, no. Aaron Judge. See, there are all these Aarons. You know, Aaron is like a Jewish name. I grew up with Jews, right? And it's like every time it was an Aaron, except for Hank Aaron. Uh, but I digress. Aaron was generally the name of a Jewish guy. So Aaron Judge, right? Boom, 62 good. I like that. But that ain't going to carry them through uh, the playoffs, especially against Houston. It ain't happening. It's going to be Dodgers versus Houston. So, hey, look. Yeah, a nice ride, but I'm a, in particularly in honor of Bernard McGurk, who is a lifelong Mets fan, suffered with the Mets like so many of you, except in 69, the Miracle Mets, 86, the Coca-fueled Mets. I, I, in honor of Bernie, I'm going to lay off the Mets. I figured it was, a, and plus I hate Manny Machado. I hope they bean him tonight. Who's that, uh... Forget the guy's name. It's number three in the rotation. Uh, Buzzy Beamer, Booster, whatever the hell his name is. It ain't Scherzer. It ain't DeGrom. By the way, I, I would uh, test DeGrom last night after his performance. He might have used anabolic steroids, roids, something, because his arm was falling off his shoulder. But it is what it is. Exciting game three tonight, City Field. And, yes, you're hearing it from me. Don't expect it. I want the Mets to crush the Padres and Manny Machado, beat the Braves, go on to the NL playoffs before the World Series, and play the Dodgers. We all want to see that. Left versus right. In honor of Sandy Koufax from Lafayette High School. I turned to Anthony Weiner. I said, remember against the Minnesota Twins, Harmon Killebrew, Bobby Allison, Zoilo Versailles, who was the MVP that year. Where was he from? Venezuela. <clears throat> Uh, Tony Oliva, the Cuban, what a great hitter. And he wouldn't pitch. It was Yom Kippur in the World Series. The whole World Series. Koufax, you're not going to pitch? Yom Kippur is more important than baseball? And Sandy said yes. That's why he's beloved by Jews forever. The greatest Jewish athlete of all time. In basketball, too. University of Cincinnati, love you. Oh. I digress. Okay. So we got, the, we got the, the sports out of the way. This is Lazy Mary is what's played halftime 
at the O'Shea Stadium and City Field. You would think, you know, maybe they would have had Kate Smith sing God Bless America like George Steinbrenner used to have until all of a sudden his sons decided she's a racist. She's not going to sing God Bless America during the seventh inning stretch. I had it with the Yankees after that. Never gave us an explanation. It's sort of like Kate Smith, who's she? Just disappeared. Why? Because Black Lives Matter told them to do that. Oh, Buck Bell, Black Lives Matter. Big, large mansions. Yes, they do. But now, the other reason we're playing Lou Monty is uh, this is the weekend of the various Columbus Day parades throughout the tri-state area. Not as many as they used to be. Not one in Newark. Man, Newark used to have per capita, per person, more Italian-Americans than any other city in America. No more. Used to have a great parade up Bloomfield Avenue, North Ward, through Branchbrook Park. I remember Bob Grant, the King of Talk Radio, a.k.a. Bob Giganti, was the Grand Marshal one year. The place was packed. Then they discontinued it in 2000. Then they took down their Christopher Columbus statue in Washington Park. They looked out over West Broad Street, put it in a warehouse in Mothballs, and Raz Baracco hated every Italian, every white guy and gal. So we're even going to change their name from Washington Park to uh, Harriet Tubman Park. Okay, why not change Weekwake Park? What does Weekwake mean to Harriet B. Tubman Park? It's a bigger park, by the way. Or Branchbrook Park. What's a Branchbrook, right? No, they want to get rid of Washington till Jefferson, the whole nine yards. See, you let Castro go, then they take Washington, Jefferson, Madison, Monroe, our founding fathers. It never ends. But I want to applaud the people of Belleville right outside of Newark. Many of them grew up in Bloomfield Avenue, went to St. Lucie's and Giordano's. You know, that's where the chairman, Frank Sinatra, got his Italian bread, Giordano's 7th Avenue. It's where Joe Piscopo goes and he takes a knee, you know, because him, he's coming on 6 to 8. I hope he tells that story. The chairman used to have the Italian bread flown all over the world, fresh from Giordano's. Hey. Joe, you let the parade go. You let the statue come down. What kind of a man are you? And then Vito Fasella, borough president, texted uh, John Katsimatidis in the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion on our Italian-American Heritage Day Friday. And he said, I understand they got the statue in Newark. You guys promised you'd help me get that statue, and we'll put it at Mount Laredo in Staten Island where we will cherish it and take care of it, and we're in the process of doing that. I'm going to leave it in John's hand because, you know, he's he's a great negotiator. You put me in a room with Raz Baraka, it's going to be a fight. But let me praise the people in Bensonhurst, 18th Avenue. Yesterday they came out strong in the annual Christopher Columbus Day Parade. Today in Morris Park, thank God the Albanians and those from Montenegro grew uh, together with Italians there, and they they resurrected the parade, so they had a great parade through Morris Park, and great parades, Belleville, right to Nutley, and in other locations, even though they've taken down the Columbus statue, and now 34 cities, the most recent, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Dan Marino, Joe Montana, right? South side of Pittsburgh is all Italian, and they've taken the statue down. Probably they're going to come after the parade next. And you know me, I never, ever say anything nice about Andrew Evilize Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Faccia Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo I. And I can't again today, although I'll have to, because he stood up Cindy Adams. In his comeback tour, he was supposed to have an interview with Cindy Adams. One o'clock today on Sunday. 
And he stood her up. You don't stand up, Cindy Adams. Are you crazy, Andrew? Who do you think you are? You're so full of your self-pretensions. No, no, you'll never escape this. But anyway, the one thing that Andrew Evilized Cuomo was good for is he stood up in defense of Christopher Columbus statues all across New York, the preservation of the parade, the preservation of uh, Italian-American traditions. And then when uh, he, uh, oh, God, Bill de Blasio and Charlene would not put up a statue to Mother Caprini, Andrew did the right thing, put it on state property. So tomorrow we'll be broadcasting live, Fifth Avenue. I'll be on 12 to 1 for the annual Italian-American Christopher Columbus extravaganza. Hoping you'll listen. John Katsimhidis and Frank Morano will be on from 1 to 3. It's all Christopher Columbus tomorrow, all the time. Talk Radio 77 WABC, New York's talk station with the king of New York, Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Diamonds are forever, they won't leave in the night, I've no fear that they might desert me. Uh, you see, I didn't leave you hanging. I wanted you to absorb the nut job that Kanye West did. I'm not mentioning names here at WABC. I warned them as they, they got into a form of idolatry. Um, all afternoon, let me just say, starting in the afternoon after me, when I'm on from 12.15 to 1, they were all lined. Oh, they were like. <laughs> Kanye West. Oh, uh, White Lives Matter shirt. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's standing up to Black Lives Matter. Right? Good. Good. I said, don't believe the hype. He's a nut job. He's crazy. He's insane in the brain. He tells you he's bipolar. He's going to flip the script. No, Curtis, you got him all wrong. No, I don't. What happened within the. Scoba, 24 hours, right? He comes off of that uh, appearance with Tucker Carlson. Two interviews, I might add. Two interviews. Never drops uh, the anti-Semitic stuff. No, no, no. He, he didn't serve that up on the Fox News channel. They probably wouldn't have run the interview. Although, maybe they would have. Tucker would have. Simply because of free speech. So he has that interview, and Adidas is going to cancel the contract. Uh, now, promoters around the country, when Yeezy comes in, Kanye West with his chorus, because, you know, he's got a charter school, he's a holy roller. Yeah, like all these holy rollers, right? You go to Sunday, you really believe these holy rollers. Get out of here. And so all of a sudden, they're canceling his appearances. And then the Anti-Defamation League called him a racist. And I knew... Just like when Pete Davidson was snacking on, baby got back Kim Kardashian, he threatened to kill him, right? The guy is a nut job. So what happened? He goes on his Instagram account, and he goes, yo, man, what's up with you, P. Diddy? You're being controlled by Jewish people. Zuckerberg oh, oh, has a heart attack. Oh, you're off of Instagram. And then all of a sudden, P. Diddy says, yo, you're my homie. You're my N-word. We used to sing karaoke together, true. 
Remember, recently, who was he hanging with in New York? The swagger man with no plan. Notice, he's remained quiet. So who welcomes him when Instagram kicks him off? Even after what he said about Diddy being controlled by Jewish people. Elon Musk, welcome back to Twitter. You've been away for two years, right? We love you. We love you, Yeezy. And Yeezy gave love back to Elon Musk, man. You know me. And then all of a sudden, his first tweet, he was going DEFCON 3 on Jewish people while bringing back his White Lives Matter t-shirt. He declared war on Jewish people. Now, Elon Musk said, oh, you my homie? No, you're off of Twitter. This guy is a nut job. He's a screwball. He tells you he's bipolar. He needs mental health care. Like anybody who's attacking people in the streets, he doesn't do that. But he'll go after you, and then he'll forget about it the next day. I warned everybody. Greg Kelly. I warned everybody. Rudy. I warned you. Mark Levine. I warned you. Bo Snurdly, a.k.a. James Golden. Didn't I tell you, brother? Don't ever, don't ever try to outbrother me, man. James did. And then Frank Morano. I warned you, Frank, you mama Luke. So today he's a hater of Jewish people, he says. In fact, this is what he said. He said, how can I be anti-Semitic? Because black people are the real Jews. <laughs> he's a schoolboy. He's a nut job. And remember, you always heard it from me right here at WABC. Chris Lee, I'll see you at 9. I ask if you talking about